Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by AirGrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Monday morning, the 19th of December. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reid on LMFM. As I finish this term in office, I would like most of all uh, to thank my wife Mary um, and our family, Mihale, Ava and Killian, for their unfailing advice, support and encouragement and the occasional criticism they have given me. Uh, and particularly Mary, who has always tried to keep me on time Throughout my life. Saturday brought with it a change in government with Michal Martin stepping down as Taoiseach. I would like to th- say thank you to the members of the Doyle. We've had many very robust exchanges here, but I have never ceased to be honoured to be a member of one of the Democratic world's, Democratic world's oldest parliamentary chambers. We have much work ahead of us for the rest of this Doyle term. I look forward to this and to continue our service on behalf of of the Irish people. The King is dead. Long live the King. I've informed the President of my nomination as Taoiseach and he's appointed me accordingly. Leo Bradker becomes Ireland's Taoiseach for the second time. Ireland must once again become a place where it's possible to dream. To dream of home ownership. To dream of a better life. To dream of a better Ireland. And more importantly, a place where those dreams can be realised. The new Taoiseach, Leo Bradker, pledging to make dreams come true for Irish people. Throughout our history, our greatest resource has been our people. So let's give everyone a fair chance. Let's make sure that when it comes to the best start in life, the chance to own a home, the opportunity to achieve something meaningful, that we're making it possible to dream big dreams and to make them a reality. Fine words spoken well. That's uh, the Taoiseach, Leo Bradker, speaking in his capacity as Taoiseach for the second time. Let's go to our political correspondent, Sean DeVoe, who's on the line. A very good morning to you, Sean, and thanks uh, for joining us. I say we heard lots of aspiration in uh, the Taoiseach's uh, speech, uh, but he'll have his work cut out for Monty. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think the overarcher very much set out a stall that he is back, obviously, as Taoiseach, as you mentioned, this is the second time that he is, is going to be in the term of office. And I think we're seeing probably a different Varadkar, one who maybe has a bit more knowledge under his belt than he did last time. He's spoken about actually taking a lot of learnings from working with Michal Martin and working from the senior statesman, if you like, over the last few years into how things work and how things maybe didn't work in his last government and can be approved this time and very much set out some pretty heady aspirations for the last two years or so of this government being left out. But as you say, uh, a lot of work is ahead. Housing is going to be one of the key issues and we know things are probably worse for people who are trying to buy a house at the minute than they were when this government took office. If you look at the average national house prices from June 2020 to September 22, they've gone up about 60 grand. If you look at the average national rent, uh, rent rather between June of 2020 when the government took office and November 22, it's about 300 euro, a little bit less than 300 euro, more expensive nationally. And then obviously the Dublin figures are slightly less than that, but uh, but uh, broadly in line. So fixing that is going to be a huge challenge. There is going to be a huge focus on climate as well with the likes 
of the revised climate action bill coming before uh, the cabinet this Wednesday and other areas of delivery around the likes of childcare. He specifically said he wanted Ireland to be the best country in Europe in which to be a child and there's a huge amount of work that has to go on there particularly as we're going to see roughly 3,000 children uh, living in homelessness this Christmas and over the next few days spending Christmas uh, in homeless and emergency accommodation. So a lot of heady aspirations, mm. a bit of an idea where he wants to take his administration but a big job of work as well. Uh, a new government, minimal change. Uh, maybe we'll talk about uh, some of uh, the changes that were announced over the weekend a little bit more in a minute but can we fast forward to Wednesday when uh, there will be a change uh, in ministers of state. Uh, I think there will be a lot of interest in this locally uh, and particularly uh, at the idea that Thomas Byrne will lose his uh, position as uh, the Minister for European Affairs. Uh, What's going to happen there and what will Thomas Byrne's fate be, do you think? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one again. How much shuffling around are they going to do this time? The wasn't obviously in the the senior cabinet ranks. Uh, It looks as though the majority of the changes are going to come within Sinegale, the likes of Frankie C and Colin Brophy and Stephen Madigan in particular sort of tipped for demotion and then others like uh, Neil Richmond or Jennifer Carl McNeil perhaps tipped for promotion into the junior ministerial ranks. Seems to be less change within Fianna Fáil uh, in relation specifically to Thomas Byrne. I, I know the minister hadn't been informed of anything ahead of the cabinet reshuffle. Very few of the junior ministers and very, in fact, none of the senior ministers have been informed of anything. It was sort of comical on Saturday morning when most of them knew the speculation was that they would be staying put, but were still going around and, you know, reading everything into a sidelong look mm-hmm. that Mio Martin gave them on a, a meeting a few days before and every little small bit of body language trying to, to figure out. So in terms of the juniors, they don't know yet. Now, typically what has been the trend over the last few years is that the European Affairs Minister, the, the post that is occupied by Thomas Byrne, has gone to the party of the Taoiseach. You had Helen McEntee, obviously, there when Leo Varadkar was, was run, running into European councils on the red carpet, and then Thomas Byrne for Fianna Fáil. So there is speculation that that role will go back to Fine Gael, and you could see the likes of Neil Richmond uh, move back into it, but obviously that would potentially open up a junior ministerial ranks on the Fine Gael side, so something perhaps in uh, the Department of Education, the Department of Special Education, if Jacinta Madigan does, in fact, get dropped, as is speculated, that might be somewhere... Thomas Byrne is comfortable having been a former education spokesperson within Fianna Fáil. Also, the drugs policy uh, in the Department of Health, the drugs portfolio, seems potentially to be coming up. And it's likely that Anne Rabbit, who is the junior minister for Fianna Fáil, uh, one of the junior ministers for Fianna Fáil in the health department, is now going to be moving over to the Department of Children uh, with the disability roles uh, changing hands there as part of a mini reshuffle. So maybe there is a space uh, in health for him. There doesn't seem to be a huge amount of call within Fianna Fáil for a massive reshuffle of the junior ministers. And remember, Michal Martin here is somebody who is now taking over into the Department of Foreign Affairs, potentially is going to have a challenge to his leadership over the next two years, mm. and is probably pretty unlikely to want to make enemies at this point. So I, I think maybe a change of jobs will be on the cards for Thomas Byrne, but I, I haven't heard anything to say that he might be dropped entirely. OK, uh, I do believe that Damien English uh, will stay in enterprise uh, with a new senior minister, Simon Coveney. I think quite possibly, look, Damien English has been quite heavily involved in things like the, the tech jobs that have been going over the last while or have been uh, rumoured to be going over the next while and is well-liked within Fine Gael. He's a good performer in the media and always does go to bat for them whenever they need someone to go to the bat for them, be it, be it on radio or on, on television nationally as well. So again, Damien English seems to be fairly well into the junior ministerial ranks. The, the, the speculation is, is less over whether he will be dropped, sort of the same as Thomas Byrne, mm-hmm. as to whether a move might be on the cards. Not really depends how much the over anchor wants to, to reshuffle the pack overall. Okay. Uh, what about Simon Coveney? Uh, how is uh, the minister feeling uh, about his move? 
I think he, privately he'll be disappointed because obviously he's really bought into the foreign affairs brief over the last few years. He's been one of the foremost voices in the Irish and the UK media when it came to Brexit. And I think most people think that when it came to Brexit, he performed particularly well over the last few years, would have built up a lot of contacts in the UN as well through his role chair, uh, chairing and both appearing at the UN Security Council. And seems to have a genuine love for the job. I mean, it is a massive brief, particularly in the last few years, given everything that's been going on. When you look at events in China, you look at events in Iran, you take in Brexit, you take in the different changes of administration mm. in the United States and the different politics in Europe, which is not, you know, we maybe kind of take that for granted, but the likes of the shift over power uh, in Germany and the new coalition there, but also in Italy, where you have a, a sort of who, what was a, a quite right-wing candidate in, in Maloney, uh, who is now maybe moving a bit towards the centre and he also got far right rising in the likes of France and issues in Hungary as well. So he is someone who's bought into that brief uh, quite a lot but when a Taoiseach says he wants us uh, he didn't really have a huge amount of choice in the issue. So Enterprise is a fairly heavyweight brief as evidenced by the fact that Leo Varadkar held it previously and it's going to be a particularly interesting brief over the next few years as the economy seems to be taking a downturn. So I think as far as landing spots He'll take it, but I uh, would have preferred to stay in foreign affairs, I imagine. Okay, well, as you say, former Taoiseach, now Taunish to Michal Martin, wanted it. Uh, I take it he has plans. Yeah, well, uh, this, this is all the speculation now and the buzz about Michal Martin's future. Look, he's always loved being on the international stage. I was with him in Brussels this week for the European Council, and that is somewhere he feels very much at home. He's a former foreign affairs minister as well and would have attended the European Council in that structure as well before it became just the leaders that went to it. So he's very, very comfortable on the world stage, has a huge interest in what's happening on the world stage. I mean, in fairness to him, he was talking months before Ukraine was invaded. He was raising concerns about Russia uh, potentially invading this year. Also about the Horn of Africa and the food crisis that was going on there, the famine crisis that's been made worse by the lack of supply of grain coming out of Ukraine. So he has a huge interest in the job and feels really comfortable there. Mm. And then the political speculation comes, well, does he see his future in Brussels rather than domestically? And is this perhaps a, a priming the run uh, for the, being the Ireland's European Commissioner in 2024 or perhaps even seeking a higher office and maybe running for the likes of the European uh, uh, Commission presidency when that comes up in 2024 as well around the European election? So he was, we asked him that, is your future, does your future lie in Brussels? And he said very much he hasn't thought about it at this mm. stage and the, everything is domestic. But of course, he has to say that until it's not. Or the Phoenix Park? Potentially, again, they asked about that and said that he, he, at the moment, is not giving that any sort of consideration at all. But I'd imagine it's something he would have to think about in the future, as most of the former party leaders uh, will have, and Kenny included. You know, they, they, mm. do, they do think about these things, uh, but will never say so privately. And I think, knowing Michal Martin, he's someone who would probably assess the field first. But remember, Michal Martin's only 63, you know, he's mm. not... He's not an, uh, an old man as such when it comes to his political career and he does love the day-to-day busyness of politics that would make me think perhaps a European Union role as opposed to the more uh, sedate politics of the park might suit him but you look mm. we, we don't know all, all, all speculations at this stage Okay Helen McEntee is on uh, maternity leave uh, as I'm sure uh, everyone is aware and the outgoing minister was named as a new member of uh, the cabinet or a member of uh, the new cabinet uh, with uh, without a portfolio portfolio. Uh, but uh, it's expected, I think, that she will return to uh, the role of Minister for Justice. Were you surprised that the interim relationship has, or r- interim situation has uh, changed, uh, that that's been taken uh, from Heather Humphreys now and gone to Simon Harris? Is there any reason for that? 
Well, the reasons they're giving us essentially is that Humphreys has such a wide brief and is going to have such a busy year in 2023 that they felt they couldn't really land her with it for another six months. She's already running two departments in rural affairs and in social protection. And on the social protection front, there's a huge amount of legislation coming down the line when it comes to you know basic minimum wage, moving towards a living wage. Uh, that also crossing over with the Department of Enterprise now with Simon Coveney, but also things like auto enrolment, this auto enrolment pension scheme, which has come in from the 1st of January in 2024 changing the social welfare system to make it that if you are earning a higher wage and you lose your job, you're, you're paid a higher job seeker's allowance while you seek a job and other legislation that they have coming down the line. So what they were briefing behind the scenes is, look, this is not in any way a demotion for Heather Humphreys. She obviously filled in injustice very ably for six months during Hannah McEntee's first set of maternity leave. But she has a huge amount of work on her plate between everything else going on and that maybe moving it over to higher education, which is a quieter brief by its very nature, for the six months would be something that would be uh, be advisable. And I, I don't think there'll be too, too much complaints, to be honest with you, from Heather Humphrey's camp as well, because speaking to them while obviously... It is a, an honour and a prestige to hold the justice brief. It is an incredibly busy one. And those three departments mm. all vying for time and attention for their minister uh, was, was quite a headache. So that has been cleared up. I think they'll, they'll actually privately welcome. OK, I heard somebody uh, quote the who's won't get fooled again. Meet the new boss, same as uh, the old boss line specifically. Uh, and we've uh, another uh, seat-changing experience in finance. Michael McGrath, now the Minister for Finance, and Pascal Donoghue going to public expenditure but with that change comes uh, a new portfolio as such uh, of NDP delivery. Does that mean there's going to be more building in the country? I think it's less about more building. Well, hopefully there will be more building. I think we all keep fingers crossed. But what it was briefed as essentially is that we do not do big infrastructure products projects in this country particularly well. You have to look at the National Children's Hospital, you look at uh, almost any motorway that we've ever built, which is which are quite often uh, over over budget. You look at housing, you look at other things, the metro coming down the line, uh, which has been delayed, 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 talked about since the 1980s, and even when it opens, there's only going to be one line. And the, the, when you get a big project like this, the first thing everyone thinks is, well, it's going to cost double whatever they say. And there is a feeling that that absolutely needs to be brought back into control. It is a complete waste of taxpayers' money. And that if they had projects running to budget, there is so much more you could do, be it housing, be it public transport, be it the changes in infrastructure we're going to need uh, towards climate change and building offshore wind energy. So it's very much the job has been given to Pascal Donoghue to say, look, get a handle on this, whatever the issues are, if they're with tendering, as seem to be the Mm. problem with the the, the children's hospital or whatever fork in the road they're at, stamp them out to as much degree as possible because there is a bit of an economic downturn coming. We're going to need every cent. And like I say, you can just do more with less if we actually spent to plan. Very good. All right, Sean, we'll leave it there for the moment. Thank you indeed uh, for joining us uh, this morning to talk us through some of uh, those minimal changes that happened over the weekend. Uh, That's our political, I beg your pardon, that's our political correspondent, Sean Defoe. 1800 658. The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by Airgrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. We're living in an age of emergencies. Climate, the war in Ukraine, housing, the cost of living, child poverty. There are also threats to the economy and employment and to peace and partnership on our island. We're facing deep political and social crises and they affect every community in our country. So we need to treat each of them as a national emergency and deploy the full resources of the state, the full machinery of government, to make an immediate and real difference. And that's what we're committed to do as a government. 
When the life of our nation was in peril, we joined together to protect each other. Today, the hopes and dreams of our nation depend on us fixing the problems we face. To do so, we need to be all out, to be radical or redundant. On Becoming Taoiseach, Leo Bradker spoke about many of the challenges that lie ahead for this new government. There are a number of pressing challenges that will define the rest of our term in office. First among these is housing. We must do whatever it takes to solve this social crisis and reverse the trend of rising homelessness and falling home ownership. We must apply the same spirit of determination, action and immediacy that we saw during the pandemic to this great challenge of today. We will leave no stone unturned. No option will be taken off the table without due consideration. The new Taoiseach, Leo Radker. Uh, there hasn't just been change in the Dáil, as you know. There have been changes in Shannon Aaron, Jerry Buttimer becoming the Cahirlock, taking over from Mark Daly. And Fina Falls, Lisa Chambers takes over as the leader of uh, the Shannon from Regina Doherty. Lisa Chambers is on the line. Good morning, Senator, and thank you indeed uh, for joining us on the programme uh, this morning. There was a lot of aspiration. There was a lot of aspiration, wasn't there, in the Taoiseach's uh, speech? There was, and Michael, if you allow me just a moment just to say, um, to extend my condolences to Private Sean Rooney's family. I know his body arrived this morning back to Casement Aerodrome in Baldonnell from um, Beirut. So just to, to extend my sympathies and condolences to his family and the defence community. Thank you. Um, so ju- just to, to uh, yeah, there, there was a lot of aspiration. But I think when people are listening to a Taoiseach giving his first address, uh, they expect to hear those key issues, those key social issues, uh, being discussed and being highlighted and they want to hear from the incoming Taoiseach you know, what are your priorities, what are your plans uh, and what are you as leader of government going to focus on? So you'd expect the, the incoming Taoiseach to, to deal with those issues and mm. um, I think it's interesting that he has flagged housing as the number one issue, I would absolutely agree with that uh, when Michael Martin was Taoiseach, he identified housing as the top priority for government. And if I recall correctly, I think that then Thonishilly or Radker wasn't sure if that was right to do that uh, in terms of having a top priority. But I do think that there is uh, a unity of purpose now within the coalition that that has to be the top priority. Housing is the biggest issue. It's affecting every part of the country. It's not just a Dublin, Cork, Belfast issue. Mm. Um, it is it is widespread across the country. So he, he I, I agree say, with him that that's he, the top priority. He seemed to be saying that the government will do better than it has been doing, that uh, he'll get stuck in uh, alongside Dara O'Brien and we'll see better results. Uh, has Dara O'Brien uh, been a uh, good minister, do you think, uh, given uh, the way the country is at the moment with uh, it unaffordable for so many young people to buy a house, uh, rents at the highest they've ever been and more people homeless, three and a half thousand children homeless for Christmas? Yeah, look, there's massive challenges in housing. And um, to answer your question directly, I think Dara Bryan has been a good housing minister. The government will exceed their housing targets this year. That's despite uh, a number of lockdowns uh, in construction in the first part of his tenure. Uh, that's despite a war in Europe, massive supply chain issues of which are affecting not just Ireland, but many other countries as well. So even with those huge challenges that I think any minister would have would have found difficult, he is still going to exceed targets, but we need to do more. Um, you know, and I think that it's good to see that our coalition partners are are full square behind that as well. And there probably was, if I'm if I'm being honest about it, I think coming into the government new two and a half years ago when we in Fianna Fáil took over the housing brief from, from Fine Gael, it was Owen Murphy would have had a brief prior to that. 
you know, there was probably a little bit of tension in that we had to rewrite the housing plan and obviously it's a government housing plan now. So I think what you're seeing is this government kind of becoming more settled and bedded in. It's heading in, it's at the halfway time now, halfway point, mm. heading into its second half. And I think you're seeing a greater unity of purpose with all three coalition parties, the Greens, and again, and ourselves as Unifall, focused on what is the biggest social challenge of our time, and that is housing. Okay, but I'm sure there will be people wondering, can we have confidence uh, in this set of politicians to deliver uh, on these promises? Because uh, well, we, 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 know, we, we, we know yeah. that Fianna Fáil uh, campaigned in the last general election to do better in housing than Fine Gael. Now Fine Gael uh, is uh, taking over um, the role of Taoiseach and Leo Bradker in his first speech says Fine Gael will do better than Fianna Fáil did. Well, that, that's not what he said, if, if we're being well, fair Well, that's what it means. And, um, you he, know, said in the that, he said that the government is going to perform better, didn't he? Well, I, I think what he's saying is that the government are making this the top priority or will continue to have this as the top priority. I don't think he was, I genuinely don't think he was trying to, to undermine Dara O'Brien. I think what he was trying to do is show his full support behind Dara O'Brien. And when we came into government two and a half years ago in Fianna Fáil, we purposely sought out what I would consider to be the most difficult portfolios, housing, health and education. And we took them on because they were key priorities for us in the campaign in the last general election. And, you know, since Dara O'Brien has taken over as housing minister, we have a whole host of new schemes that are helping people, mm. uh, individuals across the country. I think it's the Cricona scheme, for example, that's allowing people to put money in towards derelict buildings to get old buildings back into use. I think of the first-time buyer scheme, the equity scheme, the shared equity scheme, the cost rental. These are all brand mm. new schemes that have been brought in under Minister Dara O'Brien. So I do think he's doing a good job. Yeah. And it is, it's almost like trying to turn the Titanic. It's okay. a huge task to turn housing around. But well, it, it is happening. That's fair enough. And I, I think uh, the Taoiseach did speak very highly of uh, Dara O'Brien, but uh, I do believe people have a, a a lot of questions about the crisis that we continue to be in this country. So a lot of questions as well about climate change. And in his first speech, as Taoiseach Leo Radker spoke about how the government is going to do better and he's going to work with Eamon Ryan and all of this. Uh, how do you think it'll go down with Fianna Fáil voters reading the Irish Times today, uh, which reports that on Wednesday uh, it's going to come become clear uh, how this will be achieved through the uh, Climate Action Plan uh, and that as part of that plan it'll involve taking one in five cars off the road and cutting the national cattle herd by 10%. Well, I'll deal with, with two of those issues. I think first to say as a party in Fianna Fáil, we are fully committed to the Climate Action Plan. We want to reduce our emissions because we want to make sure that future generations for my son and everybody else's children that they have clean air, clean drinking water, access to good food and these are things we can't take for granted. So the party is fully behind the Climate Action Plan. In terms of transport, the emissions reduction target in transport is huge. It's colossal, 75%. The only way we can reduce that is by ensuring good public transport and if we provide good public transport, people will naturally leave the car at home and we've already seen that in areas where there's good public transport particularly in the cities people choose not to own a car or use it very infrequently where they have options for public transport so that's the aim of government and that's mm. where we're focusing on is providing good bus services good rail services um, so that people choose to leave their cars and 20% fewer then, cars by 2030 uh, what about the cattle herd? Well, on the cattle herd as well, um, the focus there will not be to force people to reduce their herd, but to do so through incentives. So, you know, there's been a lot of uh, engagement with with farming organisations, particularly the, the, the IFA and others. And a lot of older farmers are saying to us, you know, we'd be quite happy to reduce our herd by a small bit. Uh, and play our part as long as we're properly compensated. So mm. I think that's going to be the key. No farmer wants to leave their land. Well, no no farmer wants to leave their land untended to. That's the that's the message we get back. 
but they want to be properly compensated if they are to go down uh, a number uh, of cattle. So I, I think we will do this through incentives, not through forcing people uh, and uh, providing alternatives for farmers in terms of, you know, we, we see the acre scheme, for example, is far more green focused, but it compensates farmers for doing so. So I don't think we need to be scared of this. Uh, change is coming. Change is already here, actually. Mm. Um, but there will be huge changes in transport and agriculture over the next decade. But farmers have already stepped up to the plate. And it's not just the agricultural community. The emissions targets there are 25%. Every sector of our economy and our society will have to reduce our emissions. And that's what the Climate Action Plan details. It's not just farming. It's transport. It's industry. It's everybody playing their part. And at the moment, we're not on track to meet our targets. So we do need to do more. And I think that's what that speech was acknowledging, that we have to really put our shoulders to the wheel now, uh, excuse the pun, and, and get those targets down. Yeah, well, we'll get more details of uh, the Action Plan on Wednesday, no doubt. Uh, we leave it there though for the moment and thank you indeed for joining us on the programme today that's Fianna Fáil Senator Lisa Chambers Managing and developing the national electricity grid so that it's fit for our current needs and ready for our future ones yeah, Thanks uh, to Pat in Tully Allen who says it's disgraceful to have a person who has proven to have passed confidential documents out uh, to friends as Taoiseach uh, and uh, to think uh, that Leo Radcliffe will be representing the country. Shame on Fine Gael for uh, allowing this to happen, uh, says Pat. Thank you indeed. Pat didn't read all of Pat's message, uh, but uh, there's good reason for that, as I hope you appreciate. Pat, Eamon No Party says, for me, Michael, Vradker has destroyed Irish culture. What would Fine Gael and Vradker know about the family struggle to house, rear and feed a family since they went into government? Most Fine Gael people that I know are only for the big shots, the Silver Spoon Brigade, says Eamon of No Party. Paddy Duffy says, how the hell can anyone have confidence in this government to solve housing, health and education when these three parties, along with Labour, caused the problems in the first place? Just more of the same BS, says Paddy. Eric Cuthbert says, letting more people into the country to live while there's a housing crisis is a recipe for disaster. Happy Christmas, Eric says. Thanks uh, for that. Uh, Somebody else who is WhatsApping us has a completely different uh, view to Eric because they say the housing crisis is bad but think of all of the refugees that are in the country and the situation that they're in uh, and some of them uh, in worse situations than others. Sheila in Dundalk in touch with us saying it is inhumane for the government to remove Ukrainian people from the Crown Plaza Hotel in Dundalk. These children are settled in local schools. Why not wait until after Christmas? It all looks like a money racket to me, says Sheila. Well, thank you indeed, Sheila. I'm not sure that that's the case at all. Uh, But there is certainly a significant problem for some 50 refugees, more than 50, who will have to go from Dundalk now and make a home in uh, Kerry or Galway or Limerick, as the case may be. Now, our reporter Eamon Doyle was in the Crown Plaza yesterday. This isn't a case that um, there is no room at the inn. Um, I said we have an opportunity here to stall this because this is not the way to be doing things, particularly in the run into Christmas, and to give us a period time to provide a solution. The fact is, you have a huge amount of people here who have made connections. That's They're involved in PLC courses, they're involved in college, and they're kids involved in school and a huge amount of people also that have medical needs. That's local Sinn Féin TD, Rory Murakou, together with Councillor Kevin Meenan. 
who were speaking uh, to Eamon Doyle for us. We'll be asking people on a Friday evening to get a ladder put through their uh, underneath their door to be told they're out on Monday. Many of these people have connections now in town. They're here a good number of months. Some of them are working. Some of the kids are in school. Uh, some people are there in, in with disabilities who have hospital appointments. Appointments coming up with uh, various other agencies. So to expect people just to operate on a Friday, on a Monday morning with two days' notice, to me, is, is, is shameful. And the bus was due to collect the refugees at nine o'clock uh, this morning from the Crown Plaza. Before they left, uh, some of uh, the refugees uh, took time out uh, to speak yesterday with Eamon Doyle. I live in Crown Plaza with my family, uh, my my partner and my three kids. I think it will be in the end of December, it will be nine months. Nine months. Yeah. Your children are settled here? Are they? Yeah. Are they going to school here? Yeah, of course, they are all going to school. My children are 9, 12 and 14 years old and uh, they were very upset about the situation because uh, now they don't have stability nervous system, you know, because uh, they have a lot of stress last uh, months and uh, he need more stability for understanding this situation. For my uh, son Nikita, we waiting appointment of uh, half of a year, it's uh, six months, uh, and when we move, we uh, don't have uh, progress, we uh, started again. And you only heard about this on Friday. Was there a letter put in, yeah. in your room door? Just my 80, uh, 48 hours. We are cancelling uh, this decision and we hope uh, Irish people help us to stay uh, local in lot. Uh, we hope. Just before Christmas, it's very uh, difficult. To, uh, yeah, we decorated yes. our rooms. Yeah, we four children. Oh. We decorate all our rooms and hotel. We uh, bought a little bit lights. Uh, we uh, need to happy Christmas to make uh, some celebrate a little bit with Ukrainian people. Our kids pass exams. Oldest son in secondary school. Uh, he waits score and she's worried about it. And now we can't move. And uh, it's all destroyed everything. We, we have tradition, we, uh, we always celebrate uh, Christmas time. It's a part of our family, it's, uh, it's uh, important. But children cannot sleep, uh, no, crying every time. It's uh, Awful Christmas. Uh, Once upon a time, 24 February, we lose all because we all together, two big family and from Kharkiv, we'll and again. now we lose again. We can't lose everything because what all what we uh, have it's our children. I have four children. My friends have three children, and we um, all what we do to have a job to improve our English. It's all about our kids. We yes. want to integrate in Irish society. I am a doctor. Julia is lawyer. Yeah, we want to be useful in Ireland, and we can move. We just only uh, a few months ago started to a little bit plan our life because everything is destroyed before. 
uh, all my family, uh, not all, my nephew only stay in Kharkiv now. And uh, I uh, take my mom, took my mom only uh, three weeks ago. And uh, now we seven people all together, all our family with four kids. And uh, in Ukraine, we have all in private medical school and uh, medical education school and medical center. And in um, one day, we lose all. Uh, our life, our business, um, our safe, uh, our freedom, and we came to Ireland, uh, and we know now that we um, haven't uh, idea or um, thinking about way to return. When we uh, had uh, this news uh, on Friday, uh, my kids all crying. And when we had in this time fire alarm in this hotel, all kids running and crying too. It's, we have a huge stress once day in our life. We can to have a second huge stress, kids. Yes. yes. If, maybe if I'm alone, I'm stay in my city. I'm uh, safe life my kids and it's will it's very important the main reason why I stay in here now and our thanks uh, to those people who spoke to Eamon Doyle yesterday before moving out of uh, the Crown Plaza in Dundalk to has electricity when and where they need it personally disappointed that there's no change in the gender balance of the cabinet. Taoiseach, we do need to see more women in cabinet, especially in a year where we're going to see a gender equality referendum, as we in the Gender Equality Committee have sought. But above all else, we need to see real change and new vision in policies. Instead, what we heard from incoming Taoiseach and indeed from uh, the new Taunashta and from Minister Ryan was an acknowledgement that this government has failed to deliver. It's failed to deliver on housing, on climate, on, on addressing the real challenge and scourge of child poverty. What we've seen from this government over the first half of its term has been no shortage of ambitions and plans and indeed targets, but a chronic lack of delivery, a chronic lack of delivering outcomes. Halfway through the lifetime of this government, of this coalition of convenience, what we're seeing is a government that appears content with serving up only half measures. Half measures on housing, half measures on climate, half measures on care and half measures on work. And with today's purely cosmetic changes in Cabinet at half-time, we do not see any improvement. Right, that's a a lot of half-measures, isn't it? And indeed, some very strong criticism of uh, government's performance from the leader of uh, the Labour Party, Ivana Bakic. Let's speak uh, to local Labour Party TD, Jed Nash, who's on uh, the line. And a very good morning to you. Thank you indeed for joining us on uh, the programme today. We'll talk uh, about the politics of uh, the weekend in a moment. Uh, but let's uh, begin our, our conversation this morning by uh, starting with uh, the issue in Dundalk at the Crown Plaza Hotel. Uh, as I understand it, a bus was to arrive at nine o'clock this morning to take people from there, where they've been living since March, to County Kerry, to County Galway and to County Limerick. That's right, and there's of course huge distress. Uh, I was made aware of this um, move um, by the department um, around about midday on Saturday. It was very concerning, Michael. I mean, we're talking here about uh, 45 people who've come from very difficult circumstances. You know, they they, they, they are fearing that they would be re-traumatised uh, by a move from the dock to Limerick, uh, Kerry, uh, Galway in some circumstances. Children, as you know, 
are in local schools, people are working, some people are in college, they're embedded now in the community and people have really been, received huge support from the network of individuals who are dedicated to supporting them since they arrived last March, some of the first arrivals uh, fleeing the conflict uh, in, in Ukraine and uh, I've been working on this to try to resolve this issue, at least to provide for a stay on this decision for the next couple of weeks until some uh, more sustainable solutions could be organised to allow people to stay in the Louth area and I've been engaging with the uh, Minister, Minister Roger O'Gorman since uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, as recently as last night we engaged again, uh, the decision appeared to be face complete at that stage uh, despite uh, our, our, our pleadings um, for, 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 for an 11th hour change of heart. Before I came on air just at 10 o'clock the, the Minister has contacted me He's reflected on this uh, and he has agreed to put a stay on this decision for the next two weeks to allow for the agencies to come together to try to identify uh, longer term solutions for those who have made Dundalk their home over the last few months. I'm really, really pleased about this. I want to thank the group of people in Dundalk, people like Emily Woodcock and others who have worked very hard on this over the weekend, people who have supported the refugees since they arrived in March. This is... um, an early Christmas gift uh, and we need to spend the two next two weeks working hard to try to identify the solutions that we think we can identify with Loud County Council with the Red Cross with the Department itself with the Minister so I want to thank the Minister um, personally for, for his intervention here and for responding to our, our concerns They've made the hotel home for themselves uh, since March and I think that really is wonderful news. I think people will be delighted given the timing of all of this a couple of weeks out for from Christmas and we heard uh, some of uh, those refugees uh, telling us about how they've decorated their rooms with Christmas decorations and lights and really wonderful news for the children in particular at this time but for everybody for all sorts of reasons. Very, very moving, and this this time of year is the the time of the possible. It is the season of goodwill, and that's not a cliche. Um, I'm glad that the minister has has reflected on this. What was the reason um, for moving the mouse? The reason for moving the mouse, uh, I was told, up until late last night, was that uh, all of the space that is available to the state um, for international protection applicants uh, is under pressure. We know that. Uh, this is an unprecedented set of, set of circumstances. We have 50,000 people from Ukraine in the state at this point in time. People. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
people fleeing conflict and coming to Ireland for a range of different reasons, um, fleeing persecution and so on, um, who are applying for refugee status. In any case, in, in the normal course of events, this happens in every state across the world, and that's our international obligation to consider those applications. So I've been told up until late last night that every room available is required you know, in anticipation of more people coming over the next uh, few weeks and at a time as well when it's very difficult for accommodation to be secured. So obviously the Department of the Minister reflected that overnight. I uh, got that phone call at 10 o'clock to say, look, mm. understand the situation the people in, in Dundalk are in. Um, you know, but why do they I, have I, to... I, I still don't understand. Well, I'm sorry, sorry to cut across you, but I, I, I've wondered this uh, sort of all night. Uh, did, did the contract with the Crown Plaza end or why were they being moved out of there? Yeah, uh, uh, I, I can I can only surmise that the kind of accommodation that um, people were being moved into uh, in, in in other parts of the country may have been more permanent in nature. Right. Um, okay. The department sees hotel rooms as, as temporary. Yeah, and, and so they should. Yeah, but but absolutely. but, but absolutely. I'm sure I'm sure this decision wasn't made on Friday, uh, and if it was a case that the contract was about to run out, uh, you'd have had plenty of time to notify people. It seemed completely unacceptable that people right. were I, I, I given such look, I, short I, notice. I don't know the nature of the contract mm. with the hotel, but. But, what, but, but whatever the reason, it's, it's impossible to understand why such short notice was given to people. Well, well, well that's right. And, mm. and, and, and I got the sense that this was sort of short-term managerialism and, and bureaucracy at, at its very worst. Mm. Uh, people deciding that they wanted to clear their desk before Christmas. Oh. Uh, and I hope this doesn't sound cold-hearted because, you know, public and civil servants and, and, and everybody involved in these decisions have to take and do take a, a humane and compassionate approach. We have to put ourselves in the shoes of the people who's, you know, who these decisions affect. Mm. Uh, but it seemed to me that to be a, a form of a death-clearing exercise. Okay, well, it, there's a stay now for two weeks, as you say, uh, and it really is wonderful news, uh, especially for the children, but for everybody there, absolutely. Uh, absolutely, it's, it's quite moving, uh, Michael, and I'm just delighted that this decision has been taken and, and I want to thank the Minister for okay. it. Uh, I mean, he showed some considerable compassion and humanity uh, and uh, that's to his credit. Okay. Well, uh, the, the new Taoiseach Leo Radker was talking about uh, how we welcome uh, Ukrainian refugees and others into the country uh, and uh, I thought it was a bad start to his tenure as Taoiseach given the positive statements that he made over the weekend. Uh, the Taoiseach was also speaking uh, about policing. Maybe I can uh, ask you about policing. Uh, we heard uh, your party leader there a few moments ago very critical of the government's performance to date not appearing to have much confidence in uh, how they'll perform for the second half uh, of uh, this uh, term of government. Uh, but can I ask you about policing? Because I think an awful lot of us just went, oh no, when we heard about another petrol bomb in Drogheda this morning. Uh, four people in hospital. Uh, we don't know the motivation or whatever, but quite often uh, these things are, are drug-related and I guess the fear that people would have is that this is starting up again. Uh, there was another petrol bomb in Nuns Walk only a couple of weeks ago and as I understand it, that's a house that's been targeted many times uh, in the past been plenty of petrol bombs at that. I think there were gunshots through the window of that house at one stage. Uh, and uh, I uh, think that there were people locally saying uh, that they weren't uh, too surprised that it was being hit again because of uh, the past history. Uh, but is this the beginning of that old feud starting to raise its head again? I, I, 
I certainly hope not, and the people of Drogheda will, will hope not. I mean, the, the last uh, engagement I had with the um, chief superintendent and the superintendent was at the um, last uh, local joint policing committee meeting uh, in Millmount a few weeks ago, and Gardaí were confident that they had a handle on this. But these things always have long tails, uh, Michael, and could very well be the case that what we're seeing here is um, part of that. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, the shaking out and the shaking down of of, of years of, of, of resentment and, and rivalry. And this may be a more localised um, matter. I don't know. Um, I'm only speculating. Um, but I, I would be confident um, that given the resources that the Gardaí have deployed against gang crime uh, and the feud and drama, and what's been done by the community in terms of the implementation board and so on, that, that you know, we, 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 we are through the worst of this. And there may still be personality clashes, that there may still be those kinds of rivalries. This is no way to settle your score. Um, the, you're putting people who aren't involved in danger. Um, and it, it shines a light as well on, on our town, uh, our, our great town, a town that has seen improvements, a town that will improve over the next period of time as well. And lessons have been learned about how these things were handled in the past. And I know we'll be confident that Gareth O'Connor will get to the bottom of this and, 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 and hopefully uh, identify those who are responsible and um, action will be taken. Uh, any sort of sense that the feud is back or any sense that uh, any form of activity like this will be tolerated just has to be nipped in the board. I mean, it won't be. The guards will get on top of this. I can speak to the superintendent later on today to get his assessment of it. Um, I, I don't think we can be we can be you know, too afraid, given what we know, that the, the fundamentals of this appear to have been resolved by the criminal justice and, and, and policing um, response. Um, many of those who uh, were, if I can describe them as senior, in, in, in these operations are, are they're not here or they're, 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 they're no longer in action for a range of different reasons um, so let's see we keep a watching brief on this um, okay. yeah. but, but nobody wants to see this happen in our Absolutely. town and I hope this is an isolated event let's hope so okay I, I've run out of time at this stage but thank you for your time and indeed thank you for joining us on the programme as always that's Labour's spokesperson on finance Jed Nash who's a, a TD for Louth and East Meath Call Michael now, 041-983-2000. The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by Airgrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. The changeover of Taoiseach, the swap, swapping of ministerial office won't change anything, really. 100 years ago, a great Republican leader by the name of Liam Mellows said... Men who get into positions and hold power will desire to remain undisturbed and will not want to be removed or will not take a step that will mean removal in case of failure. Liam Mellows was right. The man sitting at the Taoiseach's office is changing, but there will be no change in policy, no change in direction, no change in delivery. Indeed, your first act as Taoiseach now is to reappoint ministers who have failed to get the job done. You reward incompetence. You reward failure. So the truth is this. We need a change of government, not just a change of Taoiseach. Sinn Féin President Mary Lou Macdonald speaking on the election of Leo Varadkar as Taoiseach. She was scathing of the government's performance and offered a solution. So much has changed in the last three years. So much has changed in the last three years. So if you Taoiseach are so confident 
that your government and your policies command the support of the people, then you should give them this choice in a general election. Let the people have their say. And let the people choose who leads. The Sinn Féin party whip in the doll, Porrick McLaughlin, joins us now. Good morning to you and thank you indeed uh, for joining us on the programme this morning. Does Sinn Féin really want an election? Yes, uh, absolutely, because, you know, all of us who are TDs or councillors in our communities can see the impact of this government, particularly in the area of housing and health. Um, and what we didn't need was a damn squib sort of change in of the seats um, uh, at the the, the, the table. Uh, what we need is the people to have their say, uh, and we need a fresh government, and we're very eager to give people the change that they need in their lives. Now, you sure it's not a case of careful what you wish for, because uh, the government has been performing well in recent polls, hasn't it? Well, I'm not so sure Fianna Fáil have been performing very well. They're, they're, they're well below uh, the outcome of the 2020 election and poll after poll. Uh, Fine Gael are down from their result in 2020, so collectively they're, they're not going well. Um, well. They didn't go well in the last election either, but they managed to form a government. Yeah, well, they're, they're going worse now than even the last general election. And, you know, I, I think that's... I just think the thing, I mean, if you look at the decision around keeping the Minister for Housing and the Minister for Health, keep, keeping pretty much every minister, they obviously think they're doing a good job. Um, and like I, ha- I have to say to you, and uh, I, I, no doubt, Michael, you're talking to people in your lives every day, but I mean, what I'm hearing every day is a growing frustration, uh, a growing anger, particularly, as I say, in the area of housing and in the area of health. So we have a situation now where young people are emigrating from Ireland not because they don't have a job, but because they can't put a roof over their head. Uh, they don't see a future for them in this country, and, and that's a social disaster. We can't get teachers and nurses to locate to many places around the country because they can't afford to stay there. They can't afford to build a life. So that is the outcome of Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael now, pretty much together since 2016, from confidence and supply through to this government. So we need a change dramatically, and we're ready for it. All right. Uh, we need uh, a constitutional change as well, I think uh, Sinn Féin would argue. Uh, and uh, you're calling for a citizens' assembly or, or something in terms of planning uh, for a referendum on the border. Yeah, I mean, we need to prepare responsibly for you know what is coming. I mean, we can see the demographic situation in the North now where... You know, you do not have uh, a unionist majority in any uh, walk of life. So if you look at the Assembly, the majority of MLAs do not designate uh, as unionist. If you look at the MPs in Westminster, the majority of them do not designate as unionist in the recent census in the North. I think it was 60% do not regard themselves as British. So it's clear the direction we're going in, but it would be reckless to go to a referendum without preparing, you know, the issues like what type of health service will we have in a New Ireland? What type of education system? What type of economy? These are all issues we need to grapple with. So I think it's common sense to have a Citizens' Assembly established now. All right. Uh, is it a case of careful what you wish for again, I wonder, uh, because there isn't a hope in hell, according to the latest polls on this in the Irish Times, uh, that the vote would be won. Well, there's been numerous polls, Michael, over the last number of years, and, you know, a number of them are much closer in terms of the outcome. I mean, for me, 
I can see the demographics. We can see the way this is going. Um, I, 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 what we say in Sinn Féin is we need to be ready for a referendum by the end of this decade. Um, so moving towards 2030. Um, and, and we need to, you know, we, we had our, uh, you know, Ireland's future event in the Three Arena. That was, you know, uh, most of the political parties in the islands were there. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, if you look what happened in, with a Brexit referendum in Britain, uh, they just didn't prepare for it. You know, David Cameron just assumed he would win that referendum. Of course, they lost narrowly, uh, and that's uh, you know pushed the British uh, into a crisis that, that is still ongoing. Uh, you see an absolute you know, omni shambles of the Tory Party and the changes of Prime Minister this year. So we need to not make that mistake. We need to get things right. And I do believe when we come to a referendum, I'm confident that mm. we can win. But I want to I want to win it through hearts and minds through the strength of our, of our arguments when the time comes. Okay, but if 79% of Protestants, as this poll was carried out, want to stay in uh, the UK, uh, and only 4% uh, would support a united Ireland, is there really any hope? Well, I think there's a significant section of people who come from a traditional um, unionist background who have been, particularly younger people, who have been voting for the Alliance Party. I mean, they got a very good outcome at the last assembly elections. They seem to be an emerging third political force in Mm -hmm. politics in the north of Ireland. And to me, that is probably the battleground, that they are people who want to be in the European Union. They like the progressive social model that we have in yeah. the rest of the island, uh, thanks to various referendums like marriage equality, the abortion referendum, uh, and so on. So I take it those people were covered, though, by this poll, given the way they polled people uh, in categories of Protestants and Catholics. Uh, 55% of uh, the Catholics uh, would favour a united Ireland, which is only a slim majority, really. But when you've got 79% of Protestants who want to stay in the UK and only 4% uh, who would support a united Ireland. You've got a real problem there, don't you? I mean, is it a majority of one or would you not have to bring the majority of Protestants, if you like, or or traditional loyalists uh, with you if you're going to go down that road? No, I I think we have to be realistic. I mean, there's a a very significant section of unionism that will never support United Ireland. And indeed in Scotland, the very significant section of the Scottish that will never support Scottish independence. But, you know, we, we are in a democracy and when we get to the point where there's a majority of people then you know the constitutional position changes I, I am confident now that's remember this poll in the Irish Times is one poll mm. there's been many polls over recent years that would show a much closer outcome um, but what we're talking about is not having a referendum tomorrow we're saying by the end of this decade so you know it's a good number of years away um, but what we need to prepare and, and what, what really astonishes me is that you have Fianna Fáil and Fine who both state that they want to see a United Ireland but they're not willing to make the case for it. They're not willing to carry out research into it. They don't want to look at what type of health system we're going to have, what type of education system, what does it look like? Like All we're asking for is Sinn Féin, I think is entirely reasonable that you responsibly prepare that you answer the questions that people have as best you have um, before you put the question. That's all we're saying. Okay, uh, and uh, what do you think of the Shared Island uh, Initiative? Because there was a a lot of praise from a lot of deputies as uh, the Taoiseach, outgoing Taoiseach, was resigning for uh, the work that Micheál Martin did on the Shared Island Initiative. I mean, (laughs) I think the problem, you know, in terms of Micheál Martin is while 
he would regard himself and describe himself as Republican and somebody who's in favour of United Ireland. It's really, really snail's pace. Like, it's 25 years since the Good Friday Agreement almost. You know, we, we've been sharing the island uh, for all of that period. We've been involved in reconciliation for all of that period, 25 years, you know, more than a generation. Uh, so now it's time to take the next steps. And I just feel there's a lack of ambition with me on Martin, a lack of confidence in what he describes as his own Republican perspective. And, you know, I, I'm up for the challenge. Uh, I'm very excited about what a new Ireland would look like. And by the way, it's not the one we have now. It's not the same health system. It cannot be. It's failed us uh, on both sides, uh, both parts of the island. Um, you know, I, I want to see what a new economy, new education system looks like. Uh, I just think there's huge opportunities. You know, disability services, community services, mental health services. The, the, this debate is about how we reimagine our country, how we build a country that fits the vision of those who, you know, who fought for it in 1916 and in the War of Independence. They, they were very visionary people. You know, if you, if you read the proclamation, read the, the program of the first doll, uh, these were people who had a real sense of our place in the world. And while this is a great country, a really great country, I don't think we've reached our full potential at all. Okay, uh, and with that, uh, you'd expect a, a Taoiseach for 32 counties. Mary Lou MacDonald, your party president, uh, hopes uh, to be the next Taoiseach uh, for 26 counties, but it'll be the government that decides when the next election is. Uh, and despite uh, all the criticism that Sinn Féin has of the government's performance in office, uh, it really has a, a vast majority, uh, and that uh, was... Uh, uh, evident in the scale of uh, how the government won the votes over the weekend? Well, there's no doubt that the government, uh, with the support of um, a good number of independents who are from the Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael gene pool, that they, they have a solid majority in the doll. But I just want to say to people out there who you know are very angry, particularly about the housing uh, crisis, the housing emergency, uh, and the health service crisis and emergency, um, that's we will uh, get there. You know, we, we will continue to be a robust opposition uh, and we will uh, get to the point where the next election comes. And I believe that Sinn Féin can lead the next government. So I'm just saying that people don't lose hope. They have messed around with a couple of positions. They clearly believe they're doing a good job. And I think they'll get their answer at the next election. All right. We'll leave it there for the moment. Thank you indeed for joining us uh, this morning. Much appreciated. Uh, that is uh, the Sinn Féin party whip in the doll. Porig Michael at lmfm.ie The Michael Reed Show with AirGrid managing and developing the national electricity grid so that it's fit for our current needs and ready for our future ones The 100th anniversary of Ireland joining the League of Nations and finally taking her place among the nations of the world It was the fulfilment of a dream that inspired generations of patriots and marks a fitting end to the decade of centenaries. The final Secretary-General of the League of Nations was an Irishman, a diplomat by the name of Sean Lester. A courageous friend of refugees, Lester should inspire us to show courage and initiative in how we welcome refugees today. We're living through a time of great conflict and crisis, where the brutal aggression of a world power against its smaller neighbour has made history itself pause in uncertainty. We promised the people of Ukraine that we would stand with them when it was easy to make such promises. Today we renew the promise and tell the people of Ukraine that we will stand with them 
even when it's very hard. That's our new Taoiseach, uh, Leo Vratker, uh, speaking on Saturday when he assumed uh, his uh, new office. Uh, let's speak to local TD for Louth and East Meath, Fergus O'Dowd, who's on the line. And uh, a very good morning to you. Thanks morning, for joining us on the programme. We might talk about the refugees in a, a moment, but uh, I'm sure to begin with, uh, you're delighted to see the boss back in the big job. Well, I think it's important that the government continues and clearly, at the very beginning, it's for an equal partnership in terms of almost of numbers between Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael and the Green Party, obviously, clearly very much a part as well. So changing uh, changing the Taoiseach is never a simple thing, and there was a due process. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's gone very well. And I think that the parties, the three parties in government, I believe, are working very well together. But we have to work a lot harder, and I think that's the message uh, that Leo was saying there, we have to work a lot harder, uh, particularly on housing, on health, and obviously, you know, taming inflation and so on. So there's lots of important, critical issues must be dealt with. So there's nobody sitting back, you know, in any chair, not giving it their best after this every shuffle. Yeah, well, uh, it was uh, an inspirational speech of sorts in that it was very aspirational uh, and it, it was good I thought to see a Taoiseach expressing such aspiration but in doing so uh, he said about a lot about how poor the government has been performing thus far did he not uh, he mentioned housing he mentioned inflation he mentioned making this a, a good country for children to grow up he mentioned yes. dealing with the shortage of energy he mentioned policing he mentioned rural Ireland he mentioned the Good Friday Agreement he mentioned the health service and was saying we need to do better in all of these areas absolutely we must and that's what the government is there to do is to deal with the issues of the day just as it dealt with COVID I think thankfully it's behind us now, but there are issues remaining that we have to deal with and lessons to be learned. The government has dealt very well with Brexit and we dealt with that. We're dealing with the protocol. We've improved very much our relationship with the European Union and our relationship with the United States and with the new Prime Minister, sorry, with the new, with President Biden. Um, and, you know, Joseph Kennedy will be in Dublin again shortly. Uh, representing the United States government. So there's a lot of good things. Excellent work has been done, but we must concentrate on the issues that are worrying people. You know, and employment obviously is one which has, we've been very successful, 83,000 new jobs this year alone, 2.5 million people working. But we still need to do a lot more, and that's what that's what the people, you know, are right to say that we have to we have to do more, and that's what uh, the teacher was saying, and I, I fully agree with that. Okay, uh, it did seem a, a little bit odd uh, to be listening uh, to the Taoiseach uh, talk about that solidarity with people from Ukraine on Saturday when we now know that on Friday they were told they'll be leaving the Crown Plaza in Dundalk to go to Kerry, Galway and Limerick. Uh, the news uh, has come this morning that a two-week stay will be put on that and they'll be able to stay for Christmas, which I'm sure you, like all of us, uh, will welcome for the people involved. Uh, but it, it did seem very shoddy, did it not? It is, of course, Michael. It is, of course. And it's also entirely unacceptable that families who've been there for months, who have children in school, who have friends who are building a new community, notwithstanding the fact that they're in a hotel, which is not, 
you know, any, you know, a home is much more appropriate to, to a hotel to live in, particularly with children. It is wrong and it's absolutely unacceptable. And I've been in touch with the minister's office this morning about this. Uh, I mean, if people are in a location, no matter where it is, you know, I don't see why they can't be kept there uh, until they find permanent or, or better accommodation locally. So I don't know why, because it's a Monday, obviously, and this all happened over the weekend and just before Christmas, it's the worst possible time to make that decision. And I, I think it's absolutely wrong. And um, so you believe that they should, uh, you should believe that they should have the option of staying in Dundalk. I think they should if they can. Yes, absolutely. But I think once you're in place, you should never. I mean, particularly with children, it's one thing to move adults around, but to move children who would have friends and companions and uh, being integrated into a community, uh, being welcomed into a community, being part of all the little friendly groups that they're in. You know, it's very distressing for them coming as they are from the war zone. So I don't know why all this happened or why it happened at this time. Uh, But like uh, we were going to find out, obviously. But today I can tell you that I am most unhappy with it. I'm in touch with the minister's office. And I think it's a wrong decision. And it's a wrong decision no matter where those people would Mm. be. And then to send them, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with Kerry. I go there myself very often. I know, but it's a million miles away for these people. (laughs) It is. It is. From all their contacts, from all their friends, all their communities, all their sports clubs. Mm or whatever they're involved in. No notice. I mean, that was one of the worst parts of it. They have Christmas wrong, decorations and Christmas wrong, lights Michael, up in their rooms and, and the and children are looking wrong, forward to Christmas. It's not yeah. Acceptable. Mm, yeah. It is not acceptable and that's my strong view on it. But mm. I'll get to the bottom of this, but at least during the stay of time that there is now, mm. Uh, with an opportunity to, you know, to make sure that this never happens again. Okay, well, uh, there is that time, as you, you say. Uh, were you surprised uh, by Mary Lou Macdonald, the Sinn Féin leader, uh, on Saturday calling for a general election? Do you think Sinn Féin would win a, a general election, or do you think the government parties could do it again? Well, I think, first of all, Michael, there is no general election, and what this government is about is stability and continuity of policy keeping people in employment, dealing with inflation, dealing with housing. Uh, you know, and I mean, to have an election now when, when there is a mandate of two more years to run, while obviously everybody in the opposition, they mightn't all welcome it. Uh, like, it's a natural thing for them to say, and I wouldn't expect them not to say it. But the fact is, like, as we have a surplus of $12 billion in our economy now, even though we're heading into a very serious recession worldwide. Uh, and I think, you know, financial stability is what the country wants and that's and continuity. But clearly Sinn Féin are the major opposition party and they'll articulate their, their point of view. But there isn't going to be an election. The government had a majority, I think, of 26, which was huge, really. A lot of those who, who attack us every day. Um, they, they weren't even in the door. They didn't even turn up to vote. Some fellow, one of them was, was at a tractor competition down in Limerick somewhere. I mean, that's where he exercised his franchise. You know, yet he's one of our biggest critics. So, you know, let's be serious about politics and about the economy and just stability, really, and continuity. Okay. So that-
Uh, while you're with us, uh, I want to talk to you uh, about policing, if you like, uh, but also this very serious petrol bomb attack on a house in Scarlet Crescent last night. Four people had to be taken to hospital. Uh, it it uh, obviously was very, very sinister stuff and comes a couple of weeks on the back of a, another petrol bomb attack uh, that took place at Nuns Walk in the town. Uh, I'm sure, like all of us, uh, you taught yourself not this stuff again. Well, I mean, it's 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 really appalling to hear that, and obviously the people who have been injured. You know, it's it's it's, it's a huge, it's a hugely awful place. You know, that an awful place to be in hospital at Christmas when you should be with your family. So please God, they they will they will make a full recovery. I think uh, obviously the Gardaí are very much alert and have been extremely active. I've, you know, the, the, the transformation of, you know, the Garda, uh, I suppose, apprehending both criminals, bringing them before the courts, and, and also, you know, the number of Garda and so on in our town has significantly increased. But you can never sit down on this. You can never sit back. You know, you know, eternal action it, it brings the peace. So the, the Garda are extremely active, and obviously I'll be in contact uh, with Superintendent Waters after this programme, but to encourage them uh, to continue their work. And indeed, our Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, has visited the town many times, has been into areas where the highest you know, problems have been in terms of drug abuse and deprivation and so on. And it's, it's a key issue. The government have decided that applications from Drogheda for community and other supports to each department is, is prioritised. So, and I'm not saying we're doing enough. We have to continue to work extremely hard. But the Gardaí, no doubt, hopefully, would be successful and apprehend the people who carried out this appalling evil act, mm. you know, which is It is a worry, though, isn't shocking. it? It is a worry, I Michael. Mean, of course it, it is. Yeah. Like everybody in the area knows too well, unfortunately, to our detriment uh, because of... I suppose the anxiety and fear that all of this caused before, but that it started, if you like, with petrol bomb attacks and escalated from there. And it was all being motivated by the drugs trade or a turf war over the drugs trade. And just when you see a couple of attacks like this within a couple of weeks of each other, you can't help but think, God, I hope it's not starting up again. Of course, Michael, I agree. Nobody, nobody, nobody wants that to happen, and every action will and must be taken. I have every confidence in the Guardi, absolutely every confidence in them. Um, you know, but it, it is a problem, and it's a very serious problem, and that's why Drogheda has had to gear and report. That's why there's huge investment in in the community and in young people, and and we must continue that. But all I can say, if anybody has any information at all, they should give it to the Guardi immediately, and I know they will always deal with any information like that in total confidence. But we don't, you know, we want these these criminals apprehended and put behind bars. And please God, that will happen and happen very quickly, Michael. Okay. But it's it's. It, but I think I think um, you know I, I I will be on to Helen McEntee's office as well about this, and I know she's she's very much mm. aware. Well, Simon Harris now is the case, maybe. Yeah. So, sorry, I say Simon Harris now is the case, maybe. Yeah, sorry, yes, yeah, 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 yeah but yeah, Helen is, yeah. I mean, she's she's a local TD as well, yeah. and I know she's probably listened to your show, Michael, uh, but like, I mean, I, I communicate through fear, 
Pip Kelly, uh, who I presume is working with Simon, has only taken over that role uh, uh, since Friday. He said to me on the steps of the Dáil as he was going down to to, to cast his vote that he'd be back in Drogheda soon. In other words, he said to me, so I, I, I would hope and expect him to come in soon as well because okay. he is, mm. he would be hands-on. But Helen, Helen as well, um, and I appreciate very the good. Yeah, No, no, very good. Um, uh, I, I uh, know that you're uh, scheduled to talk to us uh, again on Wednesday on a, a completely separate sure, issue. Um, yeah. Are you hoping to get any other calls on Wednesday? Well, uh, <laughs> Sarah and Dale. So, oh God. Uh, look, come here, Michael. Everybody wants a call, but there's very few seats to sit on. I'm, I'm, I'm happier to be going on my career than I would be facing the national media. <laughs> Sorry, before Christmas. Very good uh, we've had some great spars, Michael, and I look forward tomorrow when I'm a minister or not. Yeah. Uh, it won't, won't matter. We'll still have a good round. <laughs> I'm sure we will. <laughs> so, look, uh, I hope I get a call. Of course I do, but yeah. you know, I don't see my name in the headlines at the moment, but you never know. Okay. All right. Well, the Taoiseach will announce the Ministers of State on Wednesday and we'll see uh, if you're in that lineup up uh, on Wednesday, obviously. Uh, but thank you indeed uh, for joining okay. us. Thank, thank you very you. much. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Fine Gael TD for Loud and East Mead. Fergus O'Dowd. Call Michael now. 041-983-2000. For our current needs and ready for our future ones. Yeah, thanks to Cecilia in Dundalk, who is delighted uh, that decision uh, to move uh, the Ukrainians out of uh, the Crown Plaza has been reversed, at least temporarily. A stay put on that decision for two weeks. Cecilia says the poor children who were going to school this week to meet Santa, what were they thinking about moving them on during during Christmas week. I think a lot of people felt like that, Cecilia, and I think a lot of people will be relieved uh, that there's this two-week time frame, uh, which will give them the chance uh, to enjoy Christmas in the place that they've called or come to call home uh, since March of uh, this year uh, and uh, hopefully uh, something will happen over the two weeks that will make the decision more acceptable to the people who have set down so many routes in Dundalk. Aidan in RD was in touch with us. Thanks for your call Aidan. He says Eamon Ryan hasn't got a clue. Uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about when he talks about cutting omissions. I think the Minister might argue that point Aidan. He says what about the power plant in County Clare that he reopened and uh, he's uh, very opposed to that, obviously. And he says that some of uh, the heating systems in new houses is unbearable. Too hot, I think, is uh, the problem. Uh, unbearable to live in, very unhealthy. He says, uh, Aidan, that is, says, I, I live in Ferdia Park and these houses are too small for the amount of heat that uh, the seat system is set at. Well, thanks uh, for sharing that with us, Aidan, uh, and indeed to everybody who's been in touch with us. Now, we have a, a new Taoiseach, as I said, earlier on his speech really was aspirational uh, and we'll hear some of uh, the aspiration here's what uh, the new Taoiseach Leo Radker had to say about housing Housing for All is a comprehensive plan and working with Minister Dara O'Brien I'll do all that I can to drive it forward we need to clear bottlenecks to turn the tens of thousands of unactivated planning commissions into new homes over the next two years we need to dramatically reduce dereliction and bring down rents in real terms. Okay, and so the biggest challenge, some would say, is inflation. The cost of living, which is crippling so many people. The price of everything is only going in one direction. But the Taoiseach has hopes, at least. The second is taming inflation and bringing the cost of living under control. In the months ahead, we'll assess the challenges facing our citizens, 
whether to do with the cost of energy, childcare, education, rent or healthcare. And we'll also take account of price developments and adjust our policies accordingly. Right, that's uh, two of the ambitions that the Taoiseach spelled out in the Dáil on Saturday. The third part of our collective mission must be ensuring the best start in life for every child. As I outlined earlier, our focus must be on reducing child poverty and improving well-being. Our vision is to make Ireland the best country in which to be a child. We have to give everyone the best start in life, empowering them to make the most of that start through education, through equal opportunities, good jobs, to a better future. As a government, our energy and ideas will be used to improve access to therapies and provide more special needs education. And so I'll put in place a new unit in the Department of the Taoiseach to coordinate this approach, working closely with Ministers O'Gorman, Foley, Humphreys, Harris, Donnelly, among others. That's uh, the Taoiseach, Leo Radger, speaking in the Dáil on Saturday. Some of the aspirations uh, that he, he said he wants to achieve as uh, the leader of the country over the next couple of years. That's where we leave you for today. That's our programme. God willing, we'll see you for our next programme tomorrow morning at 9am right here on LMFM. Good morning. Bye-bye. Eight six eighteen hundred six five eight. The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by AirGrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.